Pastor Xavier Reese talks about the life-changing power of the Bible. As you know, the Word of God is the only thing that can cleanse us. Wherewithal will a young man cleanse his ways? In my heart have I hid your word that I might not sin against you. Jesus said to the disciples, You are cleansed by the words I have spoken unto you. Ephesians 5.26 says, He presents himself a bride without spot, wrinkle, any such thing by the washing of the water by the word. If you and I are going to be pure, we've got to be in the Word of God. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. From the beginning of Christianity, God has set a different standard of living for His children. And this standard is still the code for all believers all the way up to the Millennial Kingdom. Today, as he brings us the final message from his series in the book of Revelation, Pastor Xavier shares with us the Beatitudes of Revelation Part 2. The fifth beatitude of Revelation, happy and holy is he who has part of the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Lines up perfectly with the beatitude of the Sermon on the Mount, the fifth one. Listen to it. Happy are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Both speak of a fellowship that is not deserved. Less than we deserve. Mercy. The word mercy, as you know, means pity, compassion for a person. You enter into their sufferings and you're moved by them and you come alongside and you're very gracious. It deals with serving compassionately. It deals with forgiving and not being self-righteous. I think the example of the unforgiving servant in Matthew 18 is a classic application to all of us. That master forgave him billions of dollars. And then he went out and grabbed that guy that owed him pennies and threw him in jail. And the master recalled him and he put him in jail. Hmm, uncompassionate. I think the Good Samaritan is an application to all of us too in Luke 10. It was the Samaritan who took mercy on the man who was assaulted, not the priest, not the Levi, not the Pharisee. The benefit for such a person is stated, for they shall obtain mercy. James 2.13 says, For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. It's a constant test of my heart. Whether I'm going to be merciful or judgmental. Now, it doesn't mean we don't judge things. It doesn't mean we don't deal with things scripturally. But am I always wanting to take someone's head off? Am I always being critical and getting down on people? I have to be careful. If I want mercy, I better be merciful. Likewise, those in the tribulation then will by God's compassion and pity make themselves part of the first resurrection, escaping the second death, eternal separation from God, and rather they will be in fellowship reigning with God and Christ as priests in the millennial kingdom. As you know, 1 Peter 2.9 says that we are a chosen generation, a priesthood, a holy nation, a special people proclaiming the praise of God. Now we're able to do this. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 through 6 also tells us that Christ, uh, the faithful witness, the first one from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the earth, 
to him who loved us and washed us from our sins by his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. We deserve hell. It's all grace and mercy. You understand? We understand this. And so the fifth beatitude declares happiness to those being part of the first resurrection. Those who have embraced Christ. Those who long for him. Now notice the sixth beatitude in chapter 22, verse 7. The sixth beatitude declares the blessing to those obedient to the revelation. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. The context again of the sixth beatitude is after the eternal state. This is the eternal state now. It began in chapter 21, verse 1 through 6. In verse 1 of 21, the new heaven and earth described. There's no sea. It's different from the millennial kingdom. There's a sea in the millennial kingdom. In verse 2, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, is described as a bride adorned for her husband. In verse 3 and 4, the new relationship of God with man are described in perfect fellowship with the absence of sin and its effects of death. There's no more sin, no more death in the eternal order. There is in the millennial. And the stamp of authority is found in verse 5 and 6. For the genuineness of the eternal order. It's described as to be faithful and true. It will take place. You can count on it. Now, in verse 7, this is the place of the sixth beatitude. And it's ascribed, listen, to all believers. This is the eternal state. Look at verse 7. The record is to remind people about his coming. Behold, I am coming quickly. It means suddenly, without delay. That's what it means. Eminent. This is stated three times in this last chapter. Verse 7, verse 12, verse 20. Notice the record also to warn and prepare the heart to believe and to obey. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. This is the sixth beatitude in the book of Revelation. The word keep, as you know, means to attend carefully, to observe. The warnings, the exhortations to the seven churches to examine themselves as a church, as an individual. The obedience to live prepared for the coming of Christ. The book opens with the promise to him who reads hears and keeps the words because the time is near. Chapter 1, verse 3. So it says it in the beginning of the book, it says it in the close of the book, and it's sandwiched together. Listen to the words of Jesus. In John 13, 17, after he washed their feet, he says, if you know these things, blessed or happy are you if you do them. Same word, happy. Doing and happiness are joined together. An obedient child is a happy child. A disobedient child is an unhappy child. Because an obedient child is loved and praised and has privilege. And there's love relationship wholesome. A disobedient child gets reprimanded, gets consequences. The child's unhappy, the parent's unhappy. They go together. You can't separate them. Now, the sixth beatitude of Revelation here. Behold, I am coming quickly. Happy is he who keeps his words of the prophecy of this book. 
lines up with the sixth beatitude of the Sermon on the Mount. Listen to it. Happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Both of them speak of ongoing personal relationship to God. Ongoing. The word pure there in the Beatitudes is used of washing clothes, of um, separating wheat from the shaft, of separating soldiers from cowardly ones. The idea is an individual heart that is wholesome so as to be effective and efficient with God. This includes the thoughts, the motives, the acts. As you know, the word of God is the only thing that can cleanse us. Psalm 119, 9 through 11 says, Wherewithal will a young man cleanse his ways? In my heart have I hid your word that I might not sin against you. Jesus said to the disciples in John 15, 3, You are cleansed by the words I have spoken unto you. Ephesians 5, 26 says, He presents himself a bride without spot, wrinkle, any such thing by the washing of the water by the word. If you and I are going to be pure, we've got to be in the word of God. The word of God has to go in your heart and like that seed in the parable of the sower, break up that fallow ground and it grows. And it breaks you. It molds you. It transforms you. It convicts you. The benefit for such a person is stated, they shall be filled. God says, you hunger and thirst after me. I'm going to fill you. One put it this way. To pay the price of obedience is to escape the cost of disobedience. Real simple. To pay the cost of obedience is to escape the cost of disobedience. It's real simple. The difficulty is in yielding to God to obey. It's our will. Our will is the problem. Those who keep the word of God and allow it to cleanse their hearts, they shall see God. In the present, by a personal intimate relationship that we have with him, prior to the rapture, the opportunities that we allow him to use us. David's a good example of this beatitude, even in Psalm 24, verse 3 through 4. He says, who may ascend unto the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and pure heart, he answers himself. Who has not lifted up his soil, his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. There should be a vast difference in my life from before Christ and now in Christ. And I should be able to track my life, no matter how long I've been the Lord, 4, 5, 10, 15, 30 years, 50 years, I should mark a progress that's upward. Oh, I'll see failures, I'll see blunders, but listen, I'm moving forward. But if I can see a place where I stopped and there's no more growth, there's no more transition, for the lack of a better word, the honeymoon's over, be careful. Be careful. Like those who keep the words of the prophecy of Revelation and the tribulation, they will be united. They too. Just like us, they will. But it's going to be a horrible time. The sixth beatitude declares happiness to those obedient to the revelation. Now notice the seventh and last 
beatitude. In chapter 22, verse 14. The seventh beatitude declares a blessing to those in fellowship with God. Listen, here's the key. For eternity. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Now notice the context of this last beatitude of the seventh one is the epilogue or the concluding speech from verse 6 to 21 of chapter 22. In verse 8, John heard these things. He fell down to worship at the feet of the angel. The angel rebukes him in verse 9. And he says, worship God. Verse 10, he is commanded not to seal the words of the prophecy for the time is at hand. Uh, in contrast to the book of Daniel, which was sealed. Anybody can read this book if they're born again and they will receive a blessing. It opens up like that. It's not sealed. Verse 11, the free will of man for salvation is stated. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Free will. Do not get caught up with extreme determinism under predestination. Predestination and free will are biblical, both of them. Stay in the middle. I've told you all the time, when you go down that freeway, you have that, that lane. It's yours. It's got about 10, 12 feet. And you can have a lot of play in there. But once you start going too much to the right, you're going to start driving by Braille. You need to get over. If you go over too far to the left, again, you're going to drive by Braille. You get over. Well, one of them is predestination. They don't free will. Stay right in the middle. And if you go to one extreme, you're going to get in trouble. You end up in heresy. Moody said there are two parallel lines in this side of heaven that we will never see how they cross until we get there. But don't lean to one at the expense of the other because you will make a great mistake regarding salvation. Be real careful. Be real careful. The certainty of his coming, notice, is stated again in verse 12. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his works. I'm the Alpha, the Omega, verse 13, the beginning, the end, the first, the last. Same attribute titles that are given to the Father as to the Son. And so the seventh beatitude is pronounced at this time and is ascribed to those who live in the city of God. Look at verse 14. The blessing is to those who do his commandments. Now, you say, isn't this kind of like the last one? No, because the focus is the fellowship for all eternity. But they're both related in obedience, right? Because that's the vehicle all the time. The simple practice of doing will make all the difference where people spend eternity. Not that we are saved by work. We're saved by grace through faith. That not of ourselves is a gift of God. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, okay? But because we're saved, we obey. We have the ability we should have the desire. We should put on the new man. Notice the blessing is that they will have the right to the tree of life. That which God intended for man from the beginning, but was kept from him due to the fall, Genesis 3, and 24. He was kicked out of the garden, and a cherub was put to guard the tree until the right time when Jesus came and died on the tree. Now it's a choice. You can't blame Adam anymore for what he did. Now it's up to you. What are you going to do? Well, it's unfair. I don't know why God holds him out for Adam. Okay, okay. It's, it's been done. The work's been done. Now it's your problem. 
Now you've got to trust whether Jesus Christ is telling the truth that he died for you or he's a liar. You can't blame Adam anymore. Now the ball's in your court. You can partake of the tree of life or not in Jesus Christ. And if you do, ultimately in the city of God, you will partake of the tree of life. But it's a choice. That intimate and eternal fellowship with God. Notice the blessing in verse 14 still. Is that they will enter through the gates into the city. They will enter the only legitimate way. They have direct access to God. They will be one with God. They will never be hindered from coming to God. Did not Jesus say, I am the good shepherd? I am the door of the sheepfold. If any man come any other way, he's a thief and a robber. You cannot come in apart from Jesus Christ. The last beatitude is a great beatitude. You know why? It marks the ultimate arrival of the believer in eternity. Done. I'm there. What a way to finish the beatitudes. Arrival at the destination. Now, the seventh beatitude in Revelation, blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gate into the city, lines up with the seventh beatitude of the Sermon on the Mount. Listen to it. Happy are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Both speak of eternal fellowship with God. The word blessed again, oh, how happy. The peacemakers means one who seeks peace of every situation. They seek peace with the interests of others in mind. They seek to reconcile things, not necessarily to be right or to exercise their rights. They seek unity, not strife. The peacemakers are the Christians who seek to please God, but never at the expense of doctrine. Very important. Be careful of people saying, oh, let's just not argue about doctrine. Let's just love one another. Listen, love without doctrine becomes perverted. We never, we never sacrifice doctrine. That's the boundaries of our fellowship. That's the pillars. The benefit for such a person is stated, for they shall be called what? Sons of God. Spurgeon put it this way. If at this instant you were to leave your body, where would your soul be? You may know very readily where does it delight to be now. Your delight prophesies your destiny. What you have chosen here shall be your portion hereafter. If you loved sin, you shall be steeped up to the throat in it and it shall burn around you like a liquid fire. But if your delight has been with God, your God, you shall dwell with him. Have you made your reservation? It's made before you leave. And it's lived out before you live. Those who are peacemakers here on earth will have true happiness evident of their continuous fellowship with the Lord and ultimately, certainly, in all eternity.
And they will have a right to the tree of life, entering through the gate, the new city, the new Jerusalem, the heavenly. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. We can't see God in our present state. He consumes us. He told Moses, you can't see me and live. We must be transformed. Then we'll see him face to face. A good example of this beatitude is the peacemaker Paul, who did not consider his life dear in hope of men making peace with God to have the peace of God and that they be peacemakers, sons of God. Listen to what he says in Acts 20, 24. But none of these things, he's speaking to the Ephesian elders, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my, the race with joy. In the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. You see, it's through the grace of God, the gospel of grace of God, that we become peacemakers. Unless we're born again, we won't be peacemakers. In fact, even as Christians, we have to make sure we don't yield to the old man because the old man still likes a good fight. So I have to be careful. Likewise, those in the tribulation who are peacemakers and who are the doers of his commandments, they will have the right to the tree of life and to enter through the gate into the heavenly city of New Jerusalem. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9, 6. It comes through him. Paul told the Colossians 3.15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. And I am so thankful to the Lord for the body here at Pasadena, to your obedience to the scriptures, to allow the work of the Lord to go on without strife. Such a joy. Paul put it this way. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I mean, we get up and shower every day, brush our teeth right, make sure our hair is combed right, our clothes look right. Are we so concerned about our spiritual state also every day that we're looking for the Lord? We're looking for opportunities. The seventh beatitude declares happiness to those who fellowship with God for all eternity. Here you have the seven beatitudes of the book of Revelation. The first declares happiness as the benefit of the book, this book. The second declares happiness to the dead tribulation saints who are resting in the work of Christ. The third beatitude declares happiness to those watching and being ready for the second coming, the tribulation saints. The fourth beatitude declares happiness to those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb, those who have embraced Christ through the tribulation at the end. And the fifth beatitude declares happiness to those being part of the first resurrection. Oh, what happiness that will be there. Whew. And you'll never have to be judged for your sins. Whoa. And the sixth beatitude declares happiness to those who are obedient to the revelation. Are you obedient to it? The seventh and the last beatitude declares happiness to those who are in fellowship with God for eternity. It begins here. You have eternal life here. You fellowship with Him here. 
And when you're taken up, nothing should change except your body. <laughs> As you continue on, no difference. What a great way to finish Revelation with Him in eternity. That's what it's all about. Pastor Xavier Reese with encouraging words regarding the fate of the believer. Now, you can request a copy of today's concluding study from our series in the book of Revelation called The Beatitudes of Revelation Part 2. It's available on CD, as always, for only $4. And this also contains what Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together. So the title to ask for once again is The Beatitudes of Revelation Part 2. Or you can mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for telling us the call letters of this station when you contact us. And then join us for more Simple Truths right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 